For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Eleven million documents leaked from a Panama law firm. Who did it and why? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And I have to tell you, if you listened last week, you know... I've had it with the presidential election. I have to have a sabbatical from that. I'm not following it. Don't even know what's going on. Uh, At this point, I'm calling the election for Hillary. You know how like Fox and CNN battle on election day? Who's going to call it first? Going on the record April 9th, calling it for Hillary. This thing is, it seems to me, a complete, the fix is in. And I'm not laughing about it because I think it's funny. I'm like in the fifth stage of grief. I've like come to accept it. And I just, I need the noise to stop because it just drives me crazy to listen to it. And I am a libertarian, so I'm not disgusted by it because I really think any Republican would be better than any Democrat. I think they are all working for the military industrial complex and they will all continue to promote the welfare state and the warfare state. The only problem with Hillary is that if she gets in, she will have the mandate from the left to put her gas, her foot on the gas for the welfare state, and she'll keep the anti-war left silent so she can put her other foot on the gas of the warfare state. So I just feel like she will drive us faster down the road to serfdom and uh, blow up some countries along the way. So I'm not happy about it, but I need a break. It looks like the writing's on the wall. And, uh, and I do think that there is, you know, we've descended into a pathocracy where the government no longer works for us. They work against us. Not that maybe in, in all of history the government's never worked for you, but there's a there is an expression, a pathocracy that instead of any kind of protection of uh, of your security, any promotion of your prosperity is actually against the interests of those who are really in charge. So they kind of work against your peace and prosperity. So when I see indications of this, when I see indications of the deep state bubbling up in the media or the government, I take notice. And this week, the thing that caught my eye was the Panama Papers. And I I do a little series sometimes on my website called The Propaganda Report, where I take some articles out of the Wall Street Journal and talk about, you know, the flags or whatever that show to me that it's really a propaganda piece there to influence you and not simply to inform. And in this case there, it was really thick. It First of all, it's like, oh, instantly dubbed the pot. Panama Papers, like everybody's calling it the Panama Papers right away. And anytime anything's like instantly dubbed, I mean, I've actually seen events 
where before the, the newspaper hits my driveway, I see uh, pre-printed signs, you know, protesters holding pre-printed signs with the catchphrase on it, like in in English, even if it's in another country, you know, like, you know, it's like, what? How did they know? So anything there's a the catchphrase is ready to go. I feel like it's a bit of propaganda. And uh, and what the what the basic story is that 11 million documents were uh, leaked from a Panamanian law firm, a law firm that's known to have established 240,000 offshore accounts or offshore firms. And that what they uh, supposedly the big outrage is that these offshore accounts are used for tax evasion or to launder money or uh, gains that have gotten from sanctioned activities or drug deals or whatever. And for me, like, I, that doesn't outrage me. I don't, I don't subscribe to the, this underlying assumption that all your money and all your transactions and all of that is the business first of the government so that you have to explain where you got it, what you're going to do with it, who you are, all this kind of stuff that you have to, it's, I call it the mother may I approach to uh, income or property. It's like, oh, um, this is where it is. Can I please keep some of it? Just let me know how much, you know, if these people want to not engage in the financial fishbowl and I, I, they have every right to do that. And they do not, they should not have to ask uh, the government, if it's okay for them to keep their money. But Panama has been in the crosshairs for not cooperating with uh, the international movement to reveal financial information for tax purposes. They do it for drug stuff, but not for taxes. And uh, that's part of it. But I really do not think that ultimately the tax issue is what this is really all about. And actually, in my thing on the Wall Street Journal, my articles about the Wall Street Journal coverage of this, they say repeatedly in every single article you read, don't be distracted by the tax issue here. That's, you know, that's important, and we'll have to make sure everybody complies and and everything is transparent. But what you should really be doing is focusing on politicians who are listed here. Here are the names, you know, and they started with this uh, prime minister of Iceland and he had to resign immediately, not because there was an investigation and a verdict or anything like that, but just public pressure immediately, like people took to the streets because they don't like the corruption. It was such a manipulation and he denied wrongdoing and, and, uh, you know, if you're innocent until proven guilty, but I, I kind of smelled a rat with that. Because Iceland was the one country where uh, who defied the international banking order after the financial crisis. They basically said, you guys lured us into this. Corrupt politicians, corrupt bankers uh, uh, signed up our citizens to these obligations and we repudiate them. And then they, they gave up on the debt. They started to recover economically. And this guy had taken office in 2009. And my guess is... That, you know, they, they needed to make an example of him. You simply can't let somebody step outside the banking system and not be punished for it. So I see that kind of uh, hidden hand at work. And, and for me, 
I actually think governments should never have debt anyway. I mean, unless you're literally being invaded on your physical borders, what right do you have to obligate your future generations to pay for your current expenses? It makes absolutely no sense. And you'd be better off having no credit in the international market. But that's where I think that that uh, Iceland was targeted because they defied banking. Panama was targeted because they defy uh, financial surveillance. I don't even think it's just about taxes. I think there's a big movement, and it really comes up in the terrorist themes lately. When you read articles about terrorism, it's like, we need more financial surveillance to track this money. And I think that's a, a big movement maybe even a stepping stone towards the world, uh, like the first truly global tax, a financial tax, or just to normalize all financial laws in just another step to make the kind of world government a little easier by normalizing all the laws. So I see other factors at work here. I see uh, one guy who's been in the absolute crosshairs, has been the head of Malaysia, now, I'm not saying he's an up-and-up guy, but I just the Wall Street Journal, a week, maybe even a day does not go by where they don't point out that guy's got to go. And, uh, and of course, his name was one of the first mentioned in this 11 million document uh, data breach that, that the Wall Street Journal identified somebody by name. He was one of the few people. So it looks to me like this could be used for targeting... Uh, I would say secondary players. A lot of people have said that Putin, you know, uh, one of the the articles that I highlighted, the subtext was uh, Putin says it's a witch hunt or something like that. That put they're after me. But just like Trump is made stronger by looking like he's being attacked by the establishment, Putin is made stronger by looking like he's attacked by the West. And I think he'll come out smelling like a rose. I think the Chinese guys will too, unless there's infighting and uh, some troublesome people, individuals need to be gotten rid of. But but I think that the big guys who are named, it's really a red herring, what they call a limited hangout, where they throw some information out there that might not be great, but ult- the ultimate goal, which is to get secondary players in line behind the new kind of uh, bipolar world, the China and Russia on one side and we on the other, that this is going to be used to get to get those people in line and I and have a new idea of a new a kind of understanding, I think, of how this uh, this bipolar world is developing. And I haven't seen anybody talk about it this way. I don't think it's as obvious as it looks like, you know, it's just this uh, Putin's, some people think he's a good guy. Some people think he's a bad guy. I think he's really in on this, uh, this plan to put more and more power at the top and a kind of world government thing, this convergence of East and West that Brzezinski told us about. I think uh, I think I figured out how some of those pieces of the puzzle are moving around. And I also feel like uh, some other big leaks like email gate of Hillary Snowden's leaks. I think there's a pattern here that I want to share with you uh, after the break. And I also want to get your calls. I want to understand if if you agree with me, if my instincts are right, that this mother may I approach to your own income, to your own privacy, to your own information, to how you trade with other people in arm's length transactions, if that, uh, if you agree with that or not, 404 872 
1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 57 degrees outside the studio and 8 on the Mellish meter. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I'm talking about this, the Panama Papers, which I think have an agenda. I don't, I'm not outraged that people do stuff without telling my government first. That does not outrage me. I, I said uh, it's, I don't like it actually that we have what I dubbed the mother may I approach to uh, taxation, finance, income, your own property. You have to explain yourself. And I got a tweet from Dean saying, Def, definitely a mother may I approach to banking. That's why banks have to report withdrawals or deposits above a certain amount. And it reminded me uh, a time when I was planning a um, party for my uncle. And uh, my cousin sent me $5,000. And sadly, my uncle, who was getting up there, died before the party. So I had to send the money back to my cousin. And the bank called me and said, oh, we're checking fraud. It looks like there was a uh, a check written for $5,000. And I said, oh, yes, that was me. That's not fraud. And he said, well, what was it for? <laughs> I said, well, what do you care what it's for? It's not fraud. It's my money. And I wrote it to somebody I know. It's not fraud. And he, he kept pushing back. And I've noticed this about myself at a traffic stop or anything. Uh, I'm never going to go down, go to the mat. I'm just not going to be the person I, I, you know, I'm not happy about it. I'm just, I don't know if it's because I'm a girl. I don't know what it is, but I, you know, then I said, oh, well, so I had to pay him back the money for the party. And he said, well, that is what it says in the memo. I was like, okay. So I wrote it in the memo. I told you it wasn't fraudulent, but he obviously had a reporting requirement to like take down exactly what I said. And, uh, and I, really am obliged to comply with that unless I want trouble, right? So if you if you keep your nose clean, there's nothing to worry about. But but the fact is privacy it it flips who has the rights. And that's what I don't like about uh this idea of tax inversion, this criticizing corporations for making deals that maximize shareholder value based on the laws that are in existence by trying to domicile them in a country that makes the most sense for them, that kind of thing. Because even if it's within the realm of the law, they act like, I mean, even Obama was saying this week, basically the tone was there's a moral obligation here where if you're not paying taxes, uh, the taxes we have decided you are robbing other people who... You know, you're you're making poor people pay like as if the government has this uh, first right to everything and you're asking for it back. And I, I just especially in tax week, that does not sit right with me. I'm going to give you some little tidbits about email gates and other things that I've come up with this week. And I want to get to your calls. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Talking about today the Panama Papers. This big leak of 11 million documents out of Panama that pointed the finger at many politicians and other people for having offshore accounts. 
that would not uh, that don't face the amount of scrutiny that they would get in their home country. Perhaps it's for tax avoidance. Perhaps it's for uh, hiding ill-gotten gains. I maybe it's because people don't want to have to answer questions about their uh, what they do to make money. And maybe as a as an extreme libertarian, I don't believe that the government should uh, create black markets at all. Sanctions are an act of war. If you're going to have war, then you should have a declaration of war. If you uh, the if you are going to ban drugs, uh, the you're going to have to take away people's right to have arm's length transactions that have nothing to do with you. The government has dealt drugs, but uh, but individuals are not allowed to, and it creates all this like fake crime, and also this tremendous. Uh, this uh, scrutiny that's being put on the idea of tax avoidance, tax inversion. These are all ideas that stem from, uh, I think, a worldview that taxes are this moral obligation. And if the tax law doesn't get the maximum amount of taxes out of you or your company, you still have this moral obligation to give, uh, not to actually read these insane laws, these super detailed laws, and figure out the best way to behave. I mean, these laws set up incentives, and people follow those incentives. And and to act like you should go beyond that is, it, it stems from, in my opinion, this worldview that the money isn't really yours. It's that it's, it's a collectivist view where the government is really the owner of everything. And that rubs me the wrong way. Uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can also tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. But these leaks, to me, have a different uh, purpose. I think, yes, it's going to have tax fallout implications. They're going to go after people. It's probably... I read an article from March 30th, so one week before these leaks, less than one week before these leaks came out, uh, from something called tax... um, Oh, uh, Tax Justice Network. And they were saying how they don't like Panama's uh, refusal to cooperate with the full tax treaty stuff and the in financial surveillance, whatever. They don't like it. And that the best way to neutralize Panama, who refuses to cooperate with the international community, is to, through exposure, uh, reveal or make it impossible for them to keep secret their clients so this was on march 30th it was uh the stated goal of the tax nazis to uh make panama incapable of providing this uh service that goes outside the international fold so they really want to bring panama in and i don't think it's just for taxes i think there has been this huge movement towards financial surveillance for uh for a while and i think it's ripe on the agenda because it seems to be a theme in a lot of these terrorist stories you read that you know the most important thing is we should find out where the money's coming from and i think it actually goes to an even bigger point the bigger point is that you're going to uh, you know the ultimate goal in my opinion from my reading my conclusion i should say is that when when zbigniew brzezinski said the goal was a gradual convergence of east and west he meant it 
And part of that is to bring the West down from the hyper productivity of unbridled uh, capitalism that it had in the 19th century to something a little more uh, tamped down. So it could actually converge with the East, which has to be built up a little bit. And uh, but one thing that is absolutely required before you can converge things, it's like the transmission and the engine, the, the gears in your car, they have to be going at the same speed would be to normalize all the laws. And that's what I think is the ultimate purpose between the Trans-Pacific Trade Partnership and the the Atlantic one as well, is to normalize these economic laws. Similarly, financial surveillance, normalizing the laws, the financial laws, even the tax laws across borders, to me, is a way of making those uh, gears go at the same speed so that they can be joined together. And... The next step after that, of course, is uh, a universal tax. So maybe a financial transaction will be, you know, this tiny little tax at first, the way our income tax was a tiny little tax at first, but ultimately it'll be a way to finance uh, uh, an increasingly or all-powerful world government with real authority. I mean, that is a stated goal. If you dig into a little deep history from the 20th century, when people were still writing about this stuff and seeing it coming, that was part of the goal. So I feel like these kind of hacks, whatever, they're not, it wasn't a hack, it was a leak, serve a purpose that the story's a little implausible. 400 investigative journalists worked for a year, kept it quiet, and then released it all at once to uh, to this German newspaper, or at least made a big reveal. I didn't read anything that said they vetted it through uh, the intelligence agencies or anything like that which would seem reckless to me, given how those guys operate, you know, completely in lockstep with big government. So I always look for what's really going on. And my first experience with that was the Edward Snowden case, where he came out and said, I've got all this information, I'm going to dump it on you. And, uh, you know, my worst fear is that nothing will change that the government's completely spying on everything and that people will just get used to it. Well, right away, I smelled a rat with this guy. It was just too neat. And, oh, this was it. This was it. In, the, on, in his first interview, he said, or it was reported, that he voted for Ron Paul. Yet, and, that, and the implication was that he was libertarian, yet his, his justification for releasing all this information about U.S. surveillance was that we could have the conversation about the trade-off between security and privacy. And no libertarian thinks that a conversation is enough to take your rights away. D- democracy as a mob rule kind of thing, the, the majority gets to decide what the rights are, is not a libertarian concept. Objective rights is the libertarian concept. So I smelled a rat with Snowden, and I predicted, like two years in advance, that ultimately what would happen would be that we would that when the USA Patriot Act came up for renewal, we'd be so used to this idea of metadata collection that it would actually be institutionalized or codified in a way that it actually was not at that point. And that's exactly what happened with the USA Freedom Act. It not only became institutionalized, it was pushed down into private entities against which there would be much less access to, much less transparency. Another impact of Snowden was that uh, we began to chill ourselves to not talk freely because we are now aware of the surveillance state. There's a, a word for it, the panopticon, where you, the watchers, 
can see you, but you can't see the watchers. So you don't know when you're going to be watched or not. So you police yourself. They don't, there doesn't even have to even be anybody watching if you police yourself. So that's when I discovered the expression, the limited hangout. That's that you throw some stuff out there that may seem to be against interests, but in the end, it serves a much more important purpose. And that's how I feel about the Panama Papers, that they're maybe there'll be a little fallout for some people who uh, aren't, you know, in the greatest favor, but but it will be used for many purposes, policy purposes. But I think most important, uh, the goal will be the the tool will be used to target people who uh, who the West or the the people who want this kind of power at the top, some of the secondary players pose a threat to this this um, hierarchy. And that's who I think is going to suffer. I don't think it's going to be Putin or other people who are named. But the but the email gate one is a little bit different to me. The email gate or, or Hillary's the hack of Hillary stuff. To me, you think it's against her. You think it's working against her. I really do not. Uh, or I should say, I think it is a limited hangout in this way. When you see her emails, it looks like she's uh, talking to her aides, getting information, trying to uh, suss things out, to make good decisions. Sometimes she makes mistakes, bad judgment. But, um, you know, it, when you see it, it doesn't surprise you who she's talking to or how she's making her decisions. But for me, that's exactly what makes me think it's not real and exactly what I think the purpose is, that you think what you see is what you get, that you understand how things work. Now, if her email, if the email gate thing was full of directives from George Soros or marching orders from the CFR, which she actually said she takes her marching orders from the Council on Foreign Relations, if it had all that in it, I would say, oh, wow, that's for real. Because I think there is the operation of a deep state that that does call the shots, especially in foreign policy, which is why I feel like it doesn't matter at this point who wins the presidency. We're still going to have that foreign policy that we've had for decades. And that for for her, uh, it almost makes her look like a you know, like there's nothing behind the curtain because you're looking behind the curtain and it kind of looks like what you kind of thought it would say anyway. It doesn't surprise you. So maybe that's going too far down the rabbit hole to uh, to think that these things have these purposes, have these impacts. Do you think so? Give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. But I also, uh, I think that that... In this case, it's more like an onion than a rabbit hole, or as uh, my one of my favorite podcasters, James Corbett, says that it's like this 3D chess, like you saw at Star Trek. And what we're looking at, what we're seeing of you know, Putin versus Obama and what's happening in Syria and Ukraine and ISIS and all that kind of stuff is happening on the kind of the middle level of the chessboard. But there's something going on on the top level that we don't see. And I think I might have a sense of what that is. So I'm going to tell you that and get you your calls right after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I'm your libertarian voice. I said taxes and people, <laughs> I think that makes everybody mad this week. I, I was saying that it's like my, 
next to daylight savings time when you lose an hour's sleep, tax week is just my, my it's like an anti-holiday. It's like the worst time of the year. I'm going to go to Bill and Alpharetta. Hi, Bill. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. I wanted to comment on what you were talking about earlier about uh, these tax inversions that corporations do. Yes. And how uh, with President Obama criticizing these companies as if they're real scoundrels, uh, the problem is not with the companies, it lies with the government. And in fact, when we tax income the way we do, we encourage companies to do exactly what they're doing. And they're only behaving in the best interest of their shareholders. If we tax consumption, as is proposed in the fair tax, rather than income, these companies would bring a lot of that money that they're holding overseas back into the United States and invest it and create more jobs. Yeah, I, you know, I am not an opponent of the fair tax necessarily. I do have the same kind of concerns that people have that like in Europe you would have both or everything. I ultimately think, though, that that the spending is the real problem and making it easier, making it less objectionable for the government to get the money. You know, I almost want to make it harder. <laughs> I almost want to make keep people mad about it because they just never stop. I was looking at a chart that said uh, that I think it was in the 50s in real dollars in today's dollars, the average per capita spending was $3,000 and now it's $17,000. But you know that the government just their spending is out of control. The more we make, the more they spend. And I don't know how the fair tax addresses that, or it's just a different it, question. Yeah, it, it really doesn't, uh, and that's not the intent of it. Right. Uh, and, and the people who support the fair tax, of which I am one, uh, readily acknowledge that. I mean, spending is a whole different uh, issue, and I would agree with you that spending is out of control. Much of the money is absolutely wasted, uh, and it's a shame that that goes on. Uh, but I was just talking to the, to the taxation method. Yes, and, and actually, I assume, and I read the book, but it's been a while, I assume that the paperwork, I read, I, I did the math, and I read, like, some statistics, and just quickly did the math that it, it's, for every tax filer, 40 hours a week are spent on tax yeah. preparation. Yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal amount, and in fact, I think, uh, I'm trying to recall what the number was, but something like more than 50% of all American households need professional advice in order just to be able to file their taxes. And that's ridiculous. It wouldn't I mean, be, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the tax industry is the biggest opponent of the fair tax, if it really does cut away a lot of that red tape. Oh, we have had, uh, when I say we, uh, when I talk about the fair tax, the people, uh, I've had people come up to me and say, well, I don't want that because I'm a tax lawyer and I love the complications. And the I more hate complicated that. things get, the better I like it. Yeah, that that I it, I was so naive as a kid that I remember, learn you know when I went to college and then afterwards, hearing people talk like that, like I just couldn't believe people uh, thought about laws in terms of their own self interest. And now, I mean, I actually have read George Washington said you can never set up laws without assuming that everyone's going to act on their own self interest, which is where all this tax inversion stuff comes from. Uh-huh. You simply uh -huh. have to assume that people are doing that. And then you got to wonder, why are they setting it up that way? They know these guys know what's going to happen. Sure. And, and it's true. If you look at, uh, at the spending that you were talking about, 
there's every incentive for the Washington bureaucracy to make the things that they do more and more complicated, because then you need more experts like themselves to explain it all to you and to continue to expand their role so that they have careers. Yes, and it's actually a self-perpetuating system because uh, the way they do it, uh, if you look at how much money is spent, like the governments of this country spend something like $7 trillion, Mm -hmm. and most of it is just wealth redistribution. If you look at how many more people are employed by the government since the spending went up by that much, Uh, Not that many more, because it's simply wealth redistribution. Mm. And if you, I mean, I've done the math on this before, but if you actually just looked at how much was being transferred from, say, the upper half to the lower half, the lower half should should be middle class. That's how, how much money is out there already. Like, if they were using it properly with any kind of good faith, they could actually take care, they could eliminate all the problems, the poverty. It's just, it's not even about the end game it's really i think you you and i are right it's about the it's about the jobs it's about the industry it's about self-interest it's about the process Mm -hmm. and so that's why i think things like uh the fair tax i think it's good to have that um conversation maybe you know what let's uh i i'm gonna take a break but i want to get into what i think actually uh might be the right way to think about how Uh, about taxes what are they for what would be an actual fair way to allocate who pays them and how much now as an anarcho-capitalist i personally think the government does more harm than good so in my mind i struggle with the question as if i'm morally obliged to be a tax protester and do i have to be a conscientious objector just so i can show up at the pearly gates and defend myself i mean i really think that this government is uh is a net bad but i want to talk a little bit about what they uh, use it for at the bottom of the hour. I want to do a little bit more about Putin at the top of the hour. It is uh, 61 is the high today. 34 will be the low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. This is Monica Perez. If you want to call in, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 